Hi there, skating fans. Welcome to another edition of the Skate Canada Alumni Podcast. If you've been with us for past episodes, we hope you've enjoyed our chats with Mike Slipchuk, Elizabeth Putnam, and Craig Bunton. For those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. Each month, we take the time to sit down with our organization's famed alumni to hear about their experiences within the sport and to share wisdom with other alumni, skating insiders, and fans. This month, our committee member Debbie Wilkes chats with Canadian pair skater Lenny Faustino. With pair partner Jacinthe Larivière, they were the 2003 Canadian national champions and represented Canada at the 2002 Salt Lake City Winter Olympic Games. Lenny retired from competition in 2004 and is a graduate of York University with a Bachelor of Administration Studies with marketing honors and has a diploma from Georgian College in business marketing. Please join me in welcoming Lenny to the alumni podcast with Debbie Wilkes. Hi everyone, I'm Debbie Wilkes, uh, very much looking forward to a visit from 2003 Canadian pair champion Lenny Faustino. Lenny, how are you today? I'm wonderful, Debbie. Thank you very much for asking. How are you? Very well, too. And excited to um, have this conversation with you. I feel like I've missed you from being uh, close up in the skating world for a number of years. I know your life has taken some uh, interesting paths, including building your career. Bring us up to date a little bit. Um, yeah, so, gosh, where should we start? Yeah, so, so from my retirement, uh, certainly I, I continued, you know, my education. I just had to keep going. I never really stopped going to school, but I, full, I took full advantage of, uh, of the education given to, uh, as an opportunity to all the, all the Canadian carded athletes. So I, I took that. Fully, and I got my Bachelor of Commerce uh, from New York University. Um, worked in a number of industries uh, throughout the years while I was also doing some of the, the calling. Uh, so I stayed in the skating world for a while. I was, I was, I think, the first caller um, on the Canadian uh, panel for the, uh, uh, the Olympic Games going to 2006. So I was the first Canadian caller at the Canadian Championships. And then the next year, I, uh, I kind of uh, created a conflict of interest in took myself out of the pool by having worked with a couple of a couple of teams that were in the novice and junior group. And so that was kind of my exit stage left, if you will, into, into the rest of my life. I thought at that point in time, yeah, I had, uh, you know, going on the career, I was newly married, a uh, new father, and uh, time in the skating world just became uh, difficult to come by. So uh, that's kind of where I was at for a while. And that's kind of why you haven't seen me for, uh, you know, around for a bit. So I, I try to come back out to these alumni events every now and again, which I think is a fantastic, a fantastic thing if they're, if they're close enough to me anyhow. But um, no, I still got my, my toe dipped in the skating world, albeit with hockey skates on. Now I kind of work with uh, <laughs> yeah, little guys doing that. I, I do it as a hockey? hobby. I, I am. I, I'm a, you know, I, I got into, I got my skates back on. Uh, my skates, again, I mean, hockey skates, I can't get my skates back on anymore because the uh you know after time they warp and i never got a new pair so they're kind of toast but uh i got back in because my son uh, was brought into hockey uh, by a neighbor of ours and 
I, I didn't know much about it, so I thought I could uh, help a little bit. And, and I, I started to play I, just as an adult, just to, just to get started and see what was what, what was what. Then this same guy, my neighbor, wrote me into coaching or being a part of the coaching staff of a, a little select team with my son on it. And word got out that I was a skater, and people kept asking me and kept asking me. And I, I eventually have just taken on as, as a hobby. So I, it started off as one day a week for just an hour, turned out to be four days a week for just an hour at a time. And I'm turning people away left, right, and center because it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing, but there's certainly not enough people who know what they're doing available yeah. out there. Yeah, I understand. And I mean, you're, uh, that's the perfect example of how skating is part of Canada's DNA, that it doesn't matter whether you're skating in a competitive arena or on a hockey rink or on a community pond. I think that the fact that we all love skating and love what it does for us in terms of exercise and skill development. I think that's fabulous that you've turned your uh, experience toward helping your son's hockey team. How old is he? Uh, my son is 11, so he's a 2007 birth year. Um, so it's, it's not even that long that I've, I've been in it, but now yeah, I'm working with Little guys from the 2009s, which that's the funny thing with hockey is you start calling your kids by their birth years. The 2009s <laughs> to the 2004s, I'm working with uh, a nice wide range of mostly mostly higher higher level skaters, yeah. uh, higher level players. But um, yeah, no, you know what? Like I, I look around and I'm always amazed at, uh, and I you know as a skater, I know I, I obviously I think I know quite quite a bit about about the skating and I, and I just bring some of the basic knowledge that I had. And for, for a lot of these, these people, even high level players, it's like this revelation. They've never heard all of this stuff before. And it's, it's wonderful that people starting to, you know, can really appreciate what we can bring to the table in a secondary, you know, in a, in a, in, a, in another sport. It's a, I never really thought it's, you know, people ask me today, like, do you, do you go skating? I'm all, my joke is, um, you know, figure skating isn't exactly the, you know, like a social sport. I'm not going to call up my buddies and say, hey, how about we go for a boot and do a couple of axles? It doesn't work like that. <laughs> right. you <know>? so, <laughs> so hockey is a wonderful, wonderful way for me to get back on the ice and do what I actually really loved. I, you know, and it was something, it was kind of a strange thing, you know. When you're competing and you're doing your thing, you go out on the ice and you're exhilarated by the throws and the lifts and the jumps and everything like that, like, even though it's hard work and kill yourself half the time, but you're really doing that, and that's the thrill, right? And then you stop skating, and what I really – I haven't jumped since the day I retired. I, know, I don't miss it. I don't spin. I don't miss that. What I really missed was, like, the, the cut of the edge, the wind in the face, the pop of the ice when you, when, you, when you get some good pressure going. The weirdest things that I never appreciated while I was a skater, I really appreciate now. And uh, doing the hockey stuff is, is kind of – kind of been a nice little way in, in, in back to that, that world because that's all you're doing. That's all I'm doing on a, on a regular basis. And I'm just so passionate about that now. It's weird. And it, it's yeah. almost like you're back to the purity of the sport, yeah. like how yeah. it really began, what the history was. And and certainly I, that that resonates inside me. I'm, I'm feeling that same joy that you described listening to that perfect edge, feeling yeah. the movement, watching, watching the body respond. Yeah. So when, when you're uh, coaching uh, hockey players, are you working ostensibly on 
skating skills? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, I really, it's, it's, it's hilarious because um, they're, they have, like, for, for the most part, a lot of these players have none. Like, they really have no skill. They, don't, they just go and they're just doing and that's it, that's all. So what I'm amazed that I have to do with these guys is go back to basics. And I always kind of think of um, Doug Lee. When any student would show up at, at Nariposa and Doug would work with them for the first time, they could have been an Olympic champion. He didn't care. For the first hour, all you're going to do with this guy is a back edge leading into a, a waltz jump or an axle or something. That's it. Just, just that back edge because that was the foundation that you needed to build upon. So no matter how much you thought you knew, he would break you back down to, you know, letting you know that you don't know anything. And I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to introduce you to, I'm going to introduce you to a foundation. We're not going to build a tower of skill on a foundation of sand. So that's what I'm doing with a lot of these guys is I break them back down to basics on a regular basis, you know, and I give them a foundation. I try and provide a foundation of knowledge that they can then take forward to working with their, their regular coaches or their, shot coaches or stuff. I don't even want sticks on me. I don't want anything to do with a puck because I have no business teaching these guys with pucks. And, and so I, I really try and work on, on the super fundamentals. And so that's, that's really what I do with these guys. And I've tried to come up with a number of different concepts and techniques and it's slightly different than figure skating. Particularly, we don't skate forwards very much as the figure skaters. Uh, backwards, of course. The other thing I, you know, I, I, I often hear too is we can take any forward and convert them into a defenseman because they become a better backward skater than anybody on the team. Right. Um, but that's that's uh, that's what, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm I'm working with is just the basic fundamentals and edges, body control, like stuff that I did, you know, in figures, and I take for granted that I can control my body and these these uh, these kids that are you know, supposed to be the top of the top, can't, uh, can't manage their own body. They haven't got a clue what's going on inside. So I, I try and give them that, uh, that is a fundamental understanding. So it's, uh, it's fulfilling. It's fun. It's, it's fascinating, um, to think of those kinds of situations. Uh, I look at, I was a technical specialist, um, right. early on in the program, in the new judging system as well. Right. And I came to it thinking, uh, arrogantly that I knew everything about skating yeah. and I learned very quickly as you've described in your hockey experience that there was a lot more to learn and yeah. I, I found that uh, being a technical specialist was an opportunity to learn more about skating and fundamentals and what makes good skating uh, yeah. And uh, that was kind of unexpected in a similar way that, that to which you've described your hockey yeah. experience. Well, it was that it was very much my experience, even as a skater. You know, like you, you just do right. Like you, 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 yeah. you keep going, and you do, and you learn from whoever. <laughs> Luckily, I had great coaches that were never jack of all trades. They they were great delegators. They had us work with different coaches. They had us work with different perspectives. And so I got a really nice breadth of, of coaching experience um, or exposure to different coaching styles and coaching concepts as, a, as an athlete growing up. Um, I mean, I only ever really had two main coaches, but they delegated great. Uh, and, and I got to learn from a whole bunch of different people, but I never really understood a lot until really later on in life. I mean, after 
I'd already been to nationals a number of times. I think I'd even been to, I want to say it was even the year after, like I'd been to the Olympics and even after that, I'm finding another coach that just brought something new to my life that blew my mind. And I thought, how, where has this been all my life? Like, where has this been? I, I, if I knew this, if I knew this three years ago, I would have been a better maybe skater. I have, and maybe I just don't know that I was in the right mindset or the right place to have uh, taken it in because it could have been presented to me. I just wasn't in the right place for it. So it's always one of those things that, yeah, it's a beautiful thing that you go through life and you start to learn and appreciate a little bit more as you go. Because while you're in it, you don't really necessarily think about it. You just do. And then once you get a separate perspective, you get a real great appreciation for what, what you know, like really what you know and what you can, what you can uh, see and, and understand. I mean, I, as a coach now, even I look and I can see the most minute body movements. And I, you know, I, I, these are like the things that really get me going. This is the stuff that gets me going. And it always was when I was, when I was a judge, when I was a, just a little look of the hand, a beautiful arm line. Like there was some silliness that you would, you would focus on that was just great, you know? Yeah, I understand. Was it, yeah. As skaters, I don't know if this was your experience, yeah. but um, when I was learning things or refining elements, it was all about the feel of it. Uh, how did the body respond? What did it feel like? And then once you become a coach, you have to articulate that right. feeling. Was that a, a, a difficult transition for you? Um, a difficult transition? Um, From well, feeling to be able to describe it? To describe it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you come up with all kinds of analogies, like, uh, you know, when you catch a wave as a surfer, I'm like, I've never been a surfer, but I can imagine what it was feel, you know, would feel like, or you just feel like a rush of energy come from behind you that gets speed from the apex of a curve or something crazy. Right? Uh, so, of course, these are concepts that are very difficult to, to, to really get people to understand if they've never done it or felt it before. But I, I think what, um, when, I, when I present the basic fundamental stuff, I really try and get them to, to, to feel something different. And that's honestly, the word that you use, the feel, is exactly what I told you. Did you feel something today? Because if you felt it, that means you can find it again. And you know what it that what it should feel like. And if you can't find that again, you just got to slow down and go back and try and find it and, and, and make it happen. And I think that for a lot of, for a lot of athletes, once they really do feel something, you want to capture that bottle that for them and make sure that, because, you know, and I can see when they feel it. That's a great thing. I think you, you know, when you, when you felt it, when you've been there, when you understand what it's about, you can see it. Uh, you can see what they feel and, uh, and you can catch it. And you go, do you feel that? And they catch themselves and go, yeah, I did. No, that's what you need. And they, then they get it, right? So you, you can't teach it if you haven't actually felt it, but you can't uh, catch them doing it if you haven't felt it the same, you know, the, the same, just the same. So it's a, it's yeah. a very yeah, it's a very exciting – I mean, I wouldn't say a professor. I'm a, I'm a great coach. I'm just very excited about it. Like, I just really enjoy – I mean, it's, 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 I just enjoy skating again, like, because it was something I was, you know, I really haven't skated yeah. since I retired. Like, I, I gave it up, and that was it. That's all. I walked away, and getting back on the ice in any capacity uh, and providing basic knowledge to make any athlete excited about it is it's a lot of fun. It really is, it really is a lot of fun, yeah. I'm very, very well, happy about and it. Well, and 
And thrilling, too, and inspiring to know that our little world of skating and skating itself, the action of skating, is something that continues to grow and um, that we can discover more and more about it. I, I remember, I don't remember exactly where this was in my career, but maybe it was certainly after winning Canadians. And one of my coaches, uh, Marg and Bruce Highland, were my coaches. I remember Marg saying to me one day, ah, now you can begin to learn how to skate. Uh, and I, I was taken aback. I went, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. She was right. She was yeah. right. Because that was when I actually began to, I think, understand the dynamics, the mechanics, and um, what was identified as the beauty of the purity of skating, like you have talked about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. You could be a student. Yeah, you could be a student of the coach for years and years and years, and yeah. not be a student of the sport. And once right. you become a student of the sport, then then you really open yourself up to to wanting to discover more. Um, so I mean, I watch I watch skating now, and I'm just blown away. Like, it, yeah. it, I'm just blown away by the quality and the caliber that's happening now because it seems like a lot of the, you know, just the knowledge throughout the generations as it progresses, people just get not smarter, but they just understand more to become better students. And there's more knowledge out there and more integration of, of coaching across different borders or wherever it may be. And now the stuff that people are able to do is just mind boggling. Um, the caliber of the, of the choreography is just exceptional. People are starting to really appreciate what can be brought to the ice. And I, I think uh, a lot of these people now are really students of the sport. They're not just coaches anymore. They're students of the sport and they're learning themselves as they go and they're trying to bring something new to the table. They're not just repeating what was said to them a while back. They're, they're Or what they're was successful more. last year. Right. Yeah. That's right. a great way of describing it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I want to go back to the very beginning of you yeah. stepping on the ice. I know your mom was a terrific volunteer. Yes. Uh, was she instrumental in getting you involved? How did that happen? Um, that's a good question. My mom, um, I got skating because my mother took my sister to, to <laughs> take skating lessons. She's three years older than me. And so I was two and change years old, I think. My sister was just fine. So uh, I was two and change, and I'm running around in the lobby of old Woodbridge Memorial Arena there. And uh, my mom was losing her mind. So she asked if she could get me on the ice, because you had to be three at the time to take skating lessons. She got me on the ice just so she could have, like, a break for me for an hour. So <laughs> they took me. Like every mother. Like every mother. They took me, which I know all too well now. They took me. Um, and, and I, I just took to it. And I, I, I don't know if it was just because my sister did it and I wanted to do it and it was fine. So anyways, I just took to it and I just skated. I, I, I never even used a chair or anything like that. I just took to it. Um, and my mother was just in the rink. And, I, you know, my mother, bless her, she said, well, if I'm just here anyways, maybe I could put myself to, to you. So she got into organizing. I remember even the boards for Canscape. She would have to organize all the, the classes and the groups and the timetables. It was just tons of work she was putting into it. But, you know, my mother... Bless her, she, she was a school teacher, and um, she gave that up when I came around and just loved the work and loved the people that were in the rink. And just, I never thought about it. You know, she, it was just part of what she did. Like, it was just my mother was at the rink, and she was going to do stuff, and she was going to be talking to people, and, and she was active in the arena. 
And um, but I do remember it clearly one time when I was I want to say maybe when I was about eleven, right? And you're around that time that you just want to watch TV because uh, back in the day when you couldn't PVR anything or get Netflix, you know, you missed the last fifteen minutes of a show because you had to leave for the rink at that time. You would lose your mind. So I, I was losing my mind, and I'm driving to the rink, and I'm just upset. I, I'm, I don't want to skate anymore. And she, she turns to me. She says, you know what? That's fine. You can, you can quit skating um, after the season's over because you made this commitment. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'm still going to go to the rink because I got work to do, and I'm going to volunteer, and I got my friends there. So I'll keep going to the rink, and you can stay at home and do nothing, and then that's fine. That's fine. So I, I, it caught my attention because I, I did realize that my mother never – pressured me to do anything. She was always at the arena. She never watched because she was doing something, right? But she was involved. She was just involved. And um, I, I just, uh, I, I always appreciated the fact that she was at the arena and took me where I needed to go. And she was involved in, in other people's lives and help, you know, helping the, the club do better. And, and she just in, enjoyed her time at the thing. So her, the, the volunteerism kind of really rubbed off on me at that point. Like I really understood that it was more than just, she wasn't doing it for me. Like she was really doing it for her and for her enjoyment and um, for the joy of the sport, for the, the, the joy of, of other people being able to partake. Um, so she really, that really clicked with me at that point in time, how much my mother really did. And then of course she went on and, you know, she was with COS on the COS board for a while and uh, organized all the competitions in central Ontario and, uh, it was exciting. I mean, it was it was really nice of her to do that. She always loved it. Um, it was a ton of work. Um, you know, it was just a ton of work. I mean, she just did so much stuff and uh, got me into it. I mean, I, I know when I when I was looking at what I would want to do with my life, you know, am I going to coach? And that was really never something I felt like I wanted to do. Um, because to be honest, it just to me, it seemed like too much of a hustle. Like it was just a hustle. It was just, you had to hustle hard. And, it, and I always knew the, the, the weird politics and, and going on to my, my now life, my financial life, I, there was always something that stuck out to me in how coaches often presented themselves on that, on that side that kind of just didn't really, didn't really stick with me, but I knew I wanted to do something. And so I got into judging and, and then later on into, into calling. Um, and then you know, whatever whatever boards are generally asked of me by by you guys now, and if I have the time, I'm more than happy to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah, we pounce. <laughs> um, yeah. Just um, circling back to that yeah. day in the car when you were 11 years old, were you already yeah. competing at that time? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I started competing at six. At um, six. At six, when I was six, I, I came right out of Canskate, and my coach uh, Kent Grace. Um, at the time, took me. I think my first competition was Hamilton Stony Creek. I was six, and they, they competed against. I think my mother, so to the, they call him String Bean. He was this tall, skinny kid. I mean, I'm six. I'm competing against guys that are 11 years may, you know, 11 years old, uh, 12 years old, and because boy skating back then wasn't that popular. So I think it was me and another boy, you know. And I walked away with the silver medal. Very excited. I was surprised I got that, uh, <laughs> even though it was just the two of us. Um, but I, I got that. I started at six. I started skating with, uh, 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 started dancing, probably at seven, and competing in just the club competitions and whatnot. But then uh, Kent got, kept me going with the, with, with, the, with the dance and then later on into Paris. Kent skated with uh, Don White at the time, who is now known as Don Braid, uh, who, oddly enough, is one of the top coaches for 
hockey players in Canada, if not the world. She coaches for, I want to say, Tampa Bay Lightning and has in the past Buffalo Sabres and then also the Toronto Maple Leafs. So she is, um, that was his partner. So I used to dance at Dawn when I was a kid and she would take me to the dances, but then I competed all the way through. I had partners all the way through. And what about the switch from dance into pairs? When did that happen? When did that happen? Well, Mm -hmm. I I did both simultaneously probably until, I want to say 12 or 13. It was really, it was really when I could start lifting girls. I think Kent, Kent did both. Uh, He competed, I want to say nationally in both, but I, I think I was always more interested in the pairs because of the, the jumping and everything like that. Dance for me was terribly boring. And it was, and I don't want to say terribly boring, but it was, it was hard because here I am, you know, six years old, starting to go through my dances. I was probably at my senior silvers when I was eight or nine and I'm failing all the time because partner's not leading, partner's not leading, partner's not. I'm like, listen, not for nothing, but I weigh all of you know, 65 pounds, 70 pounds. I'm trying to lead a woman who's 130, 140 pounds. Like, who am I going to lead? Um, so I was always really frustrated. I just kept failing. I always kept failing. Cause I, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm too small. I, I just, anyway, I always failed. And then I just gave up on dance. I couldn't take it anymore. I didn't want to do it anymore. So I just gave up, uh, gave up the dance and just kept going with the parents. When I could start lifting girls, that was it. Done. Moving on. Yeah. So how how old would you have been when you ah. then focused right on pairs? Yeah, 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 probably fully, fully, fully. Uh, 12, 13, 12 or 13, probably in around there. And yeah, and what I about did, your uh, what about your partners? How did how did you and Jazz end up together? How did we end up together? Well, mm-hmm. um, so I'd gone to Junior Worlds uh, two years in a row with with uh, another girl. Um, and it just, it was, it was a time in my life where I just needed to move on. I needed somebody new. So, um, you know, you go on a hunt, right? Cause you're at a certain level as a guy, yeah. you need a couple of factors. She's got to be, you know, a certain size. She's got to be, uh, jumping, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there was really nothing in my area. I did a couple of trials. I was, uh, I was sorely rejected by, uh, by one, but that's okay. I'll move on. And, um, then a friend of our, a friend of mine uh, for a long time, Nadia McAuliffe, um, who was training in Boucherville at the time, um, she called me and said, like, you know, there's this really small girl here, a really nice girl uh, named Jacinthe, and, um, you know, maybe she's worth a tryout because she, she was skating at the time with Bruno Marcotte. And, uh, and so I was okay, well, let me, let me, uh, let me see. So I, I went up to Montreal and, and uh, we tried out, and, and it was, it was, it was nice. Uh, she then came here. Actually, no, did she come here? I think she maybe came to Barry for the trial. So she, she came to Barry for the trial. And here's a girl didn't speak a lick of English, not a lick. And um, from a small little town in, in Quebec, near Drummondville. Um, and yeah, she then moved out right from there. But it was, yeah, Nadia, Nadia McAuliffe uh, picked, her out of, uh, picked her out of a lineup for me. Yeah, yeah that's a, a great story. And uh, I'm I'm sure Jacinthe uh, must have been kind of daunted by the the possibility. And then did she once you teamed up? Did she move to Ontario? She did. She was you know a super young girl moved to Ontario. Bless her, the uh, courage of a lion. Yeah, uh, moves to Ontario. Like I said, didn't speak a lick of English. Moves into an English school. Is living with a family who. I don't even know how this happens, but her family knows a family that lives in Barrie. So she moves in with them and they speak French in the house. 
uh, but she's going to full English school. She's on the ice full English. Uh, Lee uh, Barkel didn't speak any French. I spoke French, uh, but there was a lot of la. I mean, la, 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 la. Her frustration would just explode in laws all day. It was just la, 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 la. Uh, bless her. And, um, but not beautiful. Like she's, she speaks English beautifully now. But uh, at the time, it was, it was, I can't imagine, I can't even imagine what it would have been like for her. It takes a lot of courage to make moves like that. And you do it in the name of skating. And, of course, with no guarantees that uh, it's it's going to work out. And yet it did. It worked out so beautifully. Yeah, I was her first partner. I was her first partner as well. She had never done pairs before. So not only did she have to make the move uh, to a different culture, a different city, start with a new partner in a new language, um, but she had to learn a whole new discipline in the sport. How long did it take you to kind of gel? Uh, we honestly, honestly, we got along. I mean, that was a thing. Like we got along really, really well. She was, she's a sweet, sweet, sweet girl, and um, we got along incredibly well. We were very good friends. Um, off the ice, we got along incredibly well. Of course, on the ice, you always have your problems, but whatever. Um, but we got along very well. I mean, that was a great start. And she really had nothing but the skating, and I was really focused on that as well. And so we had that going for us. And um, uh, yeah, you, I mean, uh, you made the move um, to Lee to coach yeah. you for Paris. Well, what, moved, how was that I, I decision moved. arrived at? It was tough. I, I, with the previous, uh, the girl prior to, to Jazz, when I moved to Lee, I was, uh, I want to say 15 at the time. Um, I moved, uh, or just turned 15, actually, I think. Um, but I, I, I was looking for a partner. Uh, actually, it was finished up with Don, Don Braid's niece. That was my partner in Woodbridge. And uh, just got to a point, I went to Canadians twice with her uh, in the novice level, and I just needed to, to do something different. And so I um, found a girl uh, up in Barrie. And so Kent took me up to Barrie to, to do the tryout. Uh, this girl was from Peterborough area. And so she and her mother actually moved to Barrie as well. So we both converged to Barrie. Uh, I moved up on my own at uh, 15 years old to go to you know school there in, in uh, grade 10, grade 11, in the grade 11 year. Uh, so that's what I did. I, it, it, was, it was a tough move because Kent was my coach from when I was a child all the way through. And he was a phenomenal coach, a great guy all the way through. And um, I think it was hard for him because, you know, the transition, you always want to be involved. And I, I really did want him to be involved. It yeah. does become difficult. So, you know, I was, that was when I said I had great delegators. Uh, I think at, at one point, I, even though I wanted, you know, uh, Kent involved, it was tough to travel for him, his work down in Toronto. I couldn't take, you know, my partner down to uh to woodbridge like it was just it was tough so i think it was really really hard on him but for me it was just intense because you know i was skating in woodbridge uh and then you move to barry mariposa where there's uh it's a mecca figure skating and i had never been exposed to that before i didn't know anybody up there but my eyes were like wide open because i know who they are um so that was that was it was intense for for uh for me as a young person too Do you remember discussions with your family about the impact of this kind of move? Like, were you part of the decision? Yeah, my parents were, you know, my parents were fantastic with it. They, 
He said, is this something you want to do? You know, that was, that was another thing that, um, I, again, I, I credit a ton to my parents. Um, they allowed me to pursue, pursue this dream, and um, they made it possible for me to do so. And they were fully aware of what me, you know, trying out in Barry could mean, right? Yeah. Um, they, they didn't know that going in. So it wasn't like the question was really up in the air as to where we would train because um, the girl was in Barry already and the, the system was in Barry. Like they had everything going on up there. So it would be really difficult to replicate that anywhere else at the time. Um, so I, I think it was already kind of on the thing. I don't know if it was like a, um, it was it was fairly quick decision. I mean, you you know you, you do the trial, everything's good. Okay, so what's what's next? Okay, yeah. well we're gonna train here. Okay, great. So where am I gonna stay? And then you, know, you just boom, you get yourself a border and then you move on from there. But it, it uh, they were they were totally open to it. You know. And and isn't it amazing? I mean, I think about the decisions that skating families or sports families in general. Yeah sometimes have to make for the sake of a possible athletic career for a child. Can you imagine being able to make that decision, say, for your son? Yeah, I mean, I, I've also got a daughter, and, and, and I look at both of them, and I think, okay, well, if, you're, if your sporting endeavors take you someplace, um, we'll support you however we can make it happen. I know how small this world is now. I mean, really, it's, it's so different now than it was even then like the communication capabilities uh, all kinds of stuff that you can have in check but um it would be tough i, I certainly would imagine that it's tough but what what i know sport does uh, just having obviously gone through it is it helps you mature you mature really quickly for better or for worse you mature really quickly and uh so moving away as as uh, as young as i was um it was it was a challenge but i think i was mentally prepared for it you know, yeah. uh, you, you kind of get yourself ready for it because you're there for a reason. It's not like this is fantasy land or, you know, holiday time. You're there for a reason and, and you, you do what you do. You're there, you're going to school, you're going to the rink, you've got your rink, you got your your family, which now becomes your coaching staff and your teammates or your training mates or whoever. And uh, so I, I don't know that. I don't know that it would phase me too much if my children would, would uh would have to move away, but, but certainly I can't. I, I mean, I, I really can't imagine it, but it wouldn't. It would be for the right reasons, right? Sure. And you had great, great role models to follow. Yeah. So yeah. you know how it's done. So coming back to you and Jazz getting yeah. together, uh, how long did it take you before um, you, you felt you were really ready to compete at the highest level? Right. So how quickly, uh, yeah, yeah, you're asking about the success and how that come on. I, I went off yeah. on the, the personal nature because sometimes that is a big success. But uh, no, on our, on our skating side, really was, it was pretty quickly. You know, it really was quickly. Uh, we, we, we got together, I guess, that summer. Um, and then we'd, we went to Junior Worlds that year. Um, I think we won Novice that year. Uh, went to Junior Worlds. Uh, I want to say we won Junior the following year. Uh, like it was, it was pretty quick. It was, it was a very steep curve for her. She handled it well. Um, yeah, I mean, it was. We were both ready um, to go, and we really put in the time and the effort, and we had a good, a good team around us. And uh, yeah, right, right away. I mean, I, I want to say like, this first it started off, like I said, with the relationship, and right from the relationship, we were able to make stuff happen. Like things just started to click for us, 
And uh, yeah, and that that's where the the magic comes in. I'm a big believer in magic. I think that yeah. that um, sometimes the individual talents of the athletes, when they are put together, there's something that's created that's greater than the sum of those two individuals. And I, I certainly think, um, looking back to your appearance, you and Jazz, uh, your first appearance on the senior scene, I remember going, oh, <laughs> yeah. and and thinking that word magic, ooh, there's something really special here. And yeah. and then yeah. when described for, for our audience, um, you were selected for the... 2002 Olympic Games in Salt Lake yeah. City. Um, just historically speaking, thinking back to 9-11, which was just a few months before that, um, do you remember Do you remember those feelings? Did you have any concerns? What was the Olympic experience like? Well, no, I mean, uh, honestly, it didn't even, didn't even phase me about what was going on externally. I mean, that... Uh, that had taken place even before, like I was supposed to go to France, and so I didn't even know if I was going to the arena. Uh, I didn't even know if we were going to be going to France because you hear about all the airports shut down. But that was kind of that was kind of out of sight, out of mind. I'll take a step back and I'll just tell you what happened the year before that. Because okay. For me, that was one of the most important things that ever happened to us. Jazz and I had our had, had like I said, we had this pretty strong uptick in our success. And we had a lot of support with skate, from Skate Canada. So even the 2001 season, we got three internationals given to us. Um, and it's like senior uh, internationals. And we, uh, we won junior. We went into the senior circuit. We were an absolute disaster, a disaster that year. And in fact, we, we showed up to Canadians, a hot mess, barely made the national team. Um, and it was the most disappointing year, I think, of my skating career. Like, it just was not a, a successful year for us at all. But we, we, we thought we were going to – we had high expectations, high hopes, and just nothing worked for us. It was just a terrible year. So I went back and I said, look, this is the – okay, this is our Olympic year. I'm not going to mess this up. I was going to business school in Georgian College at the time, and I, I, had, I was like, you know what? At this point in my career, this is a business. Like, this is the way I have to kind of treat this. This isn't fun and games. It's, it's like, this is serious stuff for me. It's your job. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I wanted to treat it as such. So I did, like, a full analysis of our, of, our, of, our, of, our, uh, of, our, of our partnership. Like, what do we bring to the table that nobody else does? What can we not do easily that everybody else can you know, I wanted to understand our strengths, our weaknesses. What were the opportunities in the market for us in terms of the competition? Like, where were, what could threaten us, right? So we came up with almost like a business plan. And we set these things forward and we decided, okay, here's what we're going to do. This is who we're going to get for choreography. Here's the concept that we're going to try and go for. Here's where we're going to put the emphasis on our, on our skating. We're going to do, you know, the lifts, the, the big stuff, the, 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 the choreography, the artistry, this is the stuff we bring to the table. The jumps were always a trouble, trouble uh, thing for us. So we're going to not de-emphasize those, but we're going to bust our butt to make sure that they're not a problem anymore. Um, but then we're really going to have to increase the, 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 and elevate the rest of our stuff. Furthermore, we're going to have to lay out a plan for the year because what happened the year before was they threw all these competitions at it, and we're like, yeah, sure, we're gobbling them all up. But we didn't prepare ourselves for all of them. So when we went to these competitions, we weren't ready mentally, uh, physically. We just didn't have them in the plan. They were like, yeah, you want to do this competition? Sure, we'll do it. 
and you just you just do it and, and you hope for the best. And I didn't want to hope for the best anymore. So we put the plan in place. We said, here's the competition Skate Canada is giving us. Let's make sure that we set our lives up that we're, we're ready for these events. Then they came to us last minute and they said, okay, well, we had to pull out or withdraw from Skate Canada for injury. Uh, we'd like you guys to go to Skate Canada. And so leave and is sitting there going, this is great. Let's, let's get ready for this. I, I, I was the one that said, no, we're not doing Skate Canada. I mean, this is the biggest event on the, on the calendar. I said, no, we're not, we're not going to do Skate Canada because that's not part of the plan. I didn't want to step in there. I didn't want to go in and, and kind of jack things up because things were really firing off nicely the way it was supposed to. So we this is like the, this is the fall of 2001. Uh, this is the fall of 2001. Yeah, I guess going into yeah. sorry, 2000, 2000 year was terrible. 2001, yeah. right? That's the yeah. 2002 Olympics. So, thank you for uh, for clarifying that. Yes. So it's fall of 2001. Bill, you know, we 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 declined Skate Canada to everybody's surprise, um, but that wasn't part of our plan. That just wasn't part of it for me anyway. I just I I, I didn't want to go. I, I discussed it with Jazz. She was on board with it. She was, she understood exactly what what I was talking about, which is great. And um, that's it. So we went into the Canadians. Uh, there was a ton of teams, you know, at least six teams that were very, very competitive. Um, and we, we just did what we could do. We really just did what we could do. And then I'm sitting on the podium. Uh, I think we were fourth to skate or fourth, uh, fourth last. So we were first in the, in the last group. And um, we skated. And when the marks came up, we were behind, no, we were third in the last group. We were behind Jamie Dave, who came second. So I, I uh, oh no, we were first at the point anyways. Whatever it was, <laughs> skating a little bit. I just knew as soon as we, I saw my name second. Actually, that's right. We skated second in the, in the last group. So we were second. Um, and Jamie, uh, and, and I knew that we were going. Like there was no way we couldn't go. Or there was one team left, sorry. Uh, I just knew we, we, there was no way we couldn't go. We came second. So even if, we got beat, we would have come third. And that meant we were still going. So for me, that was like the highlight Finish. of my skating career because that was just like, that's it. I, we, we made it. And it wasn't just that I'd made it. It was that all of the, all of everything that before it led up to that moment, it was that, um, validation. that year worked. Yeah. It was validation that that year worked. Like what we, you know, not almost not making the national team the year before doing it differently, getting serious about it putting something in, in play, making sure it worked. Like, and it just came right at that moment, and I was just elated. Like, for me, that was just the moment of elation right there. Um, all after that, I mean, honestly, after that, we went to the Olympics. It was the Olympic experience I was expect, I was hoping, and then some. Um, you know, being that it was in the United States and everything was going on with it, whatever. But the whole thing with Jamie and Dave going down, oh, yeah. they were they were stupendously famous that week, and they were gracious with us. They took us and and uh, and, and took us with them everywhere to every party that they were invited to, every nook and cranny that we otherwise wouldn't have been exposed to. We went. They brought us. Um, it was phenomenal. Like I, and then the the crowning glory for us was that our short program stunk. Like it was not what we were hoping. Um, it was not what we were hoping at all. I mean, I think eight of the top, eight of the top 24 uh, or top 20 pair teams skated in the top two groups, right? Like it was crazy. Uh, I'm sitting at the, the Olympic Village watching my event on TV unfold, all the top teams, you know, you're ripping, okay, there they are, there they are. And, uh, and you're thinking, I'm, I'm not even, I've got another two hours before I compete. 
and you already know all of the best ones have gone. And you're sitting there going, well, who's going to care? And then that's the mindset I went in with, and we, we skated terribly. And then Jazz and I got, uh, you know, we, we drew first in, in our group, and we just looked at each other and said, well, if we're going to do it, like, this is it. This is all we got. We were 13th going into the, into the long program. Um, and we said, this is, this is all we got. If we don't do it now, we don't do it. We went on to the ice for a long program. Um, before the program starts, I'm looking, gazing up into the stands, and I'm looking between these two ladies, you know? Like, I got my gaze. I'm just looking between these two ladies. And this lady knows, right? Like, there's a whole burning in the seat to see between her and her friend. And just before the music begins, she leans into my view, right? Like, she knows that I'm looking between her and her friend, so she leans right into my view. And I look at her, like, I actually winked at her. And the music, and the music began, and we skated beautifully. And it was like one of those moments where it's just like everything clicked. We skated beautifully. And we, we came eighth in the free after coming 13th in the short. You know, so we beat a lot of talent, including a flood. We had to overcome an entire flood in the old 6.0 system. Uh, plus another group. And we came eighth in the free, 10th overall, achieved our goals, done. Like, that's it. I was, I was just ecstatic. That, that, was, that was my Olympic experience. We got it. So How I did that? Never, never... Yeah, hard to duplicate. It's, However, it's incredibly hard to, yeah. you you then went on and became Canadian champions the next year, right? Yeah, yeah, we stuck it out. I mean, uh, I was I don't want to put like the asterisk, Jamie and Dave excluded, uh, but it was, yeah, no, we were Canadian no. champions the next year. We stuck it out. Um, it was it was <clears> one <throat> of those one of those things. Like I, you know, I. Um, one of the things I tell people a lot, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this to you. I was a Canadian champion, and I was, I'm very, very proud of that. Um, we were what we were at the Olympics. We came 10th at the Olympics, 8th at Worlds that year. Um, I'm not, it's, you know, it's not lost on me that I, the, 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 my success isn't necessarily that I was more talented, that we were more talented than other people. It's that we stuck it out. Like, we just kept going, right? When other people were thinking to quit, we just kept going. Um, there were others more talented than me that came before me that just didn't keep going. I kept going. I kept marching towards my dream and, my, and our goals. We just kept moving forward. I mean, Jamie and Dave probably could have sat on the ice for four and a half minutes and beat us. Uh, I knew that, and that was okay. We were in the same event as them. We weren't necessarily competing against them. That's okay because I did what I could do to the best of my ability. I put the work and the time in. And I uh, achieved the goals that I wanted to achieve. And uh, I'm very, very happy about that. Yeah. Are those the kind of skills that you've, you look back on and realize skating taught you those and you've carried them forward into the next stages of your life? Yeah. I mean, look, um, I'm, I'm a, now what I do for my living is I'm a certified, a certified financial planner. Right? A certified financial planner is somebody that, takes an entire holistic view of somebody's financial life. Um, when I was a kid, I had one. I had a, the lady I now work with was my financial planner from the time I was 12. Right? My parents sat me down with her. We went through dollar cost averaging, years like that. And also my skating career, I had this lovely lady come to my house or come visit with me and she'd say, okay, now how much did you make? Good, give me the check, give me all your money. Uh, here's the insurance that you need in place. Let, let, let's take care of these things because there's goals you're going to want to achieve in life. You're going to want to go to school. Uh, at the time, you didn't know if it was going to get paid for. You're going to want a house. You're going to want to buy. You want to maybe want to start a business. So I had a lady there supporting me and making sure 
that everything was, was going smoothly. Um, and I equate it now, like, you, you know, when I look at my life as an athlete, you set your goals, you put a strategy in place, and you work towards those goals. Simple, very simple. Uh, I look at my, my work now as a financial planner, and I, I set people's goals or I help people set goals. We put a strategy in place, and we hope to achieve or we plan to achieve those goals, right? Uh, and whatever comes, its, whatever comes its way. And it's a very similar um, thing that I do now in, in, my, in my work life that I did in my athlete life. And it carries over. So there were great skills that I learned as an athlete. Um, wonderful skills that I learned as an athlete that have made my life better, um, and not not just financially, but um, from an understanding of what it really means to to set a goal and achieve a goal. Like I can say that I've done that a couple you know, numerous times over. But many people, unfortunately, don't get to don't get to say that. So I try and help people as a financial coach, if you will, now move them forward towards those goals. Well, and again, examples um, set from an early age that your mm-hmm. your parents obviously uh, identified as being very important and um, skills that we all need throughout the rest of our life, not just from being on the ice or setting a goal about being part of an Olympic team, but recognizing that skating is maybe for a small period of our life and how are you going to capitalize on those experiences to make the rest of your life richer hopefully it involves skating in some form or other the way yours has but clearly it's been uh the examples and lessons that your your parents um identified as being important that have created such a strong base for your success yeah, in life. I, I'm incredibly grateful to my parents for the uh, for the the examples that they instilled in me um, of hard work, uh, friendship, commitment. You know, um, following through with the commitment, um, just trying to find motivation from within to keep going even when things don't <laughs> seem great. You know, right. Um, like there, there was tons of support that I had around me uh, throughout my coaching was fantastic. I, I only, like I said, I only had two coaches ever. I, I was very loyal to my coaches. I really uh, looked up to my coaches. They were inspirational for me. They were both very quiet guys. Like Leah Barkella is not the chattiest guy in the world, but you know what? He was, he was one of those people that you get a little bit of a smile out of him. You know, you've done exceptional. Um, but there's, there's always people around me that, uh, helped me towards my success. And, uh, yeah, I try, I try and do that in any way that I can do for other people too, because it's, it, it's hard to do something alone in life and, um, you always need good people around you. And so that's what I try and do with my, uh, my clients now is just to be, uh, a coach and somebody who, who just allows allows themselves and allows their clients to voice their concerns and, and we develop goals together. And then I, I guide them. I change their behavior to get them towards those goals like any good coach should. Yeah. It's a great story, Lenny, and I, I thank you so much for sharing sharing it with us and with our alumni family. Are you going to be joining us uh, for Canadians in St. John in January? Oh, I wish I could get out there. Unfortunately, I can't. I can't this year. Whenever it's generally within uh, either a few-hour drive or maybe even a short flight, I can make it. And I like to take my mother. 
I, I take her whenever I can. This year, uh, it's probably a little bit uh, <laughs> difficult for me to go uh, get the time off, to be honest with you. But I, I always do enjoy it. And it's amazing to me to see the evolution of the sport. I mean, this year, this past year was just just incredible. I mean, I, I got I got a chance to go to Stars and Ice um, and, and see that. And I was just so excited with uh, the number of people in the stands. I haven't seen it like that in years and it was just such an electric event. And I know Canadians last year was electric. Um, it's just, it's exciting to see where the sport is going. And um, I know there's some challenges it's facing like many other, many other sports, but what, what's never lost on me is just the, uh, the exceptional growth in uh, skill and talent and uh, vision that so many of these coaches and athletes have now. That it's it's almost a shame that it's being lost. <laughs> you know, it's not. Uh, it's, I wish I wish I I could see it more when I was uh, you know competing, but it's it's pretty exciting where it's going right now. I tell you. Well, and that's also thanks to our tremendous volunteers, people like your mom, who yeah. have donated so much of their time uh, to build this wonderful sport at the local level, which is where it all begins. And then um, finally producing great athletes and offering support and inspiration to any people who are just starting out. I think it's amazing. And thanks, Lenny, for your contributions. We really, really appreciate that. Well, I mean, uh, I I thoroughly appreciate it. But I tell you what, the sport has given me much more than I think I've given it, to be completely honest with you. And it's, it's just been a wonderful journey. And uh, I'll certainly be involved in, in skating in whatever capacity I can be probably till the day I'm done, you know. Perfect. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's been wonderful. I love, I love that idea, and we'll hold you to it. Thanks very yeah, much for being with us today, right. everyone. Lenny Faustino, 2003 Canadian Pair Champion with Justin LaRiviere. Thanks, Lenny. Thanks, Lenny. big thanks to Lenny and Debbie again for a fascinating look into Lenny's career. Now, we invite all of our listeners to join in the continued conversation online at alumni.skatecanada.ca. All of our episodes have a rich comment section and we take the time to read everything. Your ideas and suggestions, they're always welcome and we want to ensure that they're included in future episodes. So please log on today and you'll also see a number of other blog posts that we make outside of our monthly podcast edition. At the moment, we're also working hard to bring extra content to future episodes. Our archivist, Emery, is helping us to honor some exciting recordings from the Skate Canada Vault to share with you in addition to our monthly featured interview that you've heard already. So please stay tuned for those extra interviews, those bonus clips in future episodes. Remember that this podcast comes out once a month. To make sure you don't miss a future episode, we encourage you to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app through iTunes or Google Play. All of the details are on our blog at alumni.skatecanada.ca. Once again, thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next time.